27 of the Unmapped Podcast. On this podcast, we talk about life, upbringing, education, ideas, morals, current events, politics, passions, and more. Today, we have Gregory Tam. We're going to be talking about everything. That was a very official intro. I'm impressed. Thank you. you. How long did that take to Um, to write? 25 episodes of attempts of me just saying things randomly in the beginning. And how long have you been using that intro? This is the third episode that I've I could tell before. because you didn't have it memorized. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take me a little bit before I memorize it, but I'll, for every single episode until the 25th one, I just tried out more things because mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what I really wanted to include in the podcast. Right. But it ended up being basically everything. Okay. But I wanted to let people know that I will be including everything. So for you, like we're going to be talking about everything. Um, what I usually like doing is starting off with uh, background. So like upbringing and mm-hmm. then focusing in more on like high school, then college and then mm-hmm. kind of what you did in college, what you plan on doing after college, and just like along the way, we'll talk about everything in between. Oh, so we're going to get pretty deep here. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Okay. All right. Oh, we do on the Unmap podcast. <laughs> All right. Shout out Haley Rock, if she's out there. She's watching it <laughs> okay. on my laptop probably right now. Okay. Uh, so start off with... Yeah. So just so, start off with like upbringing, I guess like if you want a little bit on your parents. Okay. Because uh, I think that's important coming from an immigrant family always. Yeah. And then we'll go into high school and college. Okay. So I was born in Staten Island. Um, the cool. Forgotten Borough that everyone <laughs> always loves to talk smack about. Uh, are we allowed to curse on here? Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Everyone loves to shit talk Staten Island, but all you viewers, Staten Island is lit, okay? Staten Island is not a borough. It'll have you know I'm from Queens and uh, I don't I don't count it. But it's better than the boroughs. <laughs> anyway, um, I was actually not first generation. So my mom was born in Brooklyn. My father, however, was born in China. But he was born... In Hong Kong, um, when it was under British control. Okay. So he's technically not a Chinese citizen. Okay. That's actually the same thing that uh, happened to Alex. Yeah. Alex lived in Hong Kong. He was there when it was under British control. Yeah. So uh, my dad actually moved here when he was very young. He was like four or five years old. Okay. Uh, so I come from a very Americanized Chinese family. Um, I speak English did, at home. Did, did they uh, settle in Staten Island when they originally got here? No, they settled. They were. My mom was from Brooklyn. Yes, my mom was from Brooklyn. My dad lived in Manhattan. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and after they got married and were pregnant with my sister, I have an older sister. Um, she's four years older. Uh, after they got pregnant with her, they moved to Staten Island because they kind of wanted to remove themselves from the city environment, mm-hmm. which I understand. I, I'm more on par with that now. Yeah. My parents moved from... <clears throat> Queens to New Hyde Park last year. Yeah. And I miss the city, but at the same time, I really enjoy the tranquility of being more in the suburbs. You have a younger sister, right? Yeah. So it's for my siblings that they did that. There's more uh, consistency when you're not in somewhere so crowded and busy. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so I'm, uh, I guess you consider it first and a half generation because I'm first generation on one side but I'm not on the other but even on one side but even even with the fact that your dad came here when he was like what four or five yeah he was right like basically your second well close yeah. to second generation yeah my, my essentially pops, my dad came here when he was 12 mm-hmm. um so like way back in the 80s mm-hmm. and you know there's nothing about him that's you know not American he, yeah he, if you talk to him you know he doesn't have an, he doesn't have an accent in the slightest right uh, and he's, you know, went to high school here, went to college here. So, yeah. you know, there's no distinction. So that's pretty much my dad. My dad, you could, uh, my dad doesn't have an accent. It's just my dad didn't go to college and he didn't grow up with a good education because he was, he was from the Asian generation where it was work, work, work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a point where he worked at a sweatshop and he doesn't like to talk about that stuff. Um, but yeah, he just, he, he sounds different, but in the fact that he uses like slang almost. Okay. Um, but yeah. Um, so I grew up in Staten Island. I went to Catholic school 
for really? nine years. I didn't yeah. know that. Um, Catholic school is all right. Uh, it instilled a lot of good morals and, and beliefs in me. Um, but I was also only one of two Asian kids in the entire school. And there was only, in my grade, one black person and one or two Hispanic Latinos. Mm-hmm. Um, so the minorities were very outnumbered. Uh, and obviously when you're young, you know, yeah. so this is know when kids your parents are savages. Are, this is when your parents are already in Staten Island? Yeah, this is okay. in Staten Island. So I went so to... Did you ever live outside of Staten Island? I ne- No, I've okay. lived in the same house my entire... I've never moved. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so the, the most experience I had of, of moving and getting up and actually taking my stuff and moving somewhere else was into college. Okay. And then obviously in college, I also transferred, right. uh, which I guess we'll we get into, talk we'll about. Get into yeah. That. yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, I went to Catholic school. I did like Catholic school. I, I, I owe a lot of the person that I am today to the the values I was taught then. Mm -hmm. Um, and I always, I always have an inner debate of whether I think Catholic school would be good for my kids or not. Um, but you know, I guess I'll decide that at a future time. It really, uh, this is a whole subject. Let's get into it a little bit. Like for me, it's like when I was, when I was younger, my parents sent me to like Islamic school on the Mm -hmm. weekends. But it wasn't like an entire school. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like the entire school was religious based. Whereas um, one of my friends who was on uh, one of the podcast episodes, he went to uh, Islamic school that was like his entire middle school career was the Islamic school. So like he'd have regular classes. Right. And then he'd have like the Islamic classes on top of that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he ended up in the same place that I did. And right. I think it's interesting uh, just because it depends on how that institution teaches mm-hmm. you know the teachings yeah because like there's some schools that come from that religious background that won't teach things like evolution or biology yeah and stuff like some that. people are too rooted that's what i'm saying and they don't change so yeah, i think yeah. it's really dependent yeah uh there's definitely a lot of i still consider myself a catholic mm-hmm. to this day but there are definitely a lot of things that i don't necessarily agree with everything in the catholic church but i guess that's that's a whole nother thing um but yeah, then high school, I went to a public high school. I went to Staten Island Technical High School. Shout out to any uh, seagulls out there. <laughs> we were the seagulls. <laughs> the most intimidating mascot you could possibly Why be. Why seagulls? Is there a lot of seagulls in Staten Island? Um, I think in the relative area, because uh, Staten Island Tech was by the beach, so there were a I'm lot of seagulls. Of seagulls man. Why? I, 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 I feel like seagulls? a lot of people say that. Have you, have you gone on a beach? Actually, yeah. I, I used you, to live at beaches, so I think okay, I'm yeah, used yeah. to seagulls, that could be but it. I guess I do understand. If it was um, you versus three seagulls, I think you're going to lose the fight. I don't think so. I think I would. I, I disagree. I would lose the fight. I think you could just grab them. Yeah, if there's three of them, though, you could grab all three. Grab one. Just this is why I said. Well, first of all, I don't see, promote animal cruelty. But Peter's not going to say anything. <laughs> this is we're not. This is under the conditions you're being attacked. This by is a seagull. hypothetical situation where yeah. there are three seagulls fighting. Yeah. So I'm saying three specifically because if there's two seagulls, you grab two of them. You can grab both of them and just and crack. You can't do it. But if there's a third one, what you're going to do? You you're just trying to kill hold the other one and then grab the third one. Yeah, but I'm saying like simultaneously. I'm saying... I feel like you're not going to be able to get a hold of two of them while the other one's trying to fight you. My point is, humans are the byproduct of generations of evolution. And you think three seagulls are going to take... Seagulls, <laughs> seagulls, three seagulls could take me out. Okay. All right. All right. I guess we'll leave that up for debate. But, but yeah. so, so they chose a seagull as their mascot. Yes. Okay. Interesting choice. Um, Staten Island Tech, but yeah. even to this day, I consider it an amazing experience. A lot of people I know didn't like high school. I thoroughly enjoyed high school. I think it was... It's it's one of the specialized ones, right? Yeah. Okay, so you took the SHSCT and all I that. I did, right? I okay. did. Okay, okay. Um, where did you go to high school again? Queens High School for the Sciences at your college. Specialized high school in Queens. Okay, all right. Um, Mine had the worst name. <laughs> it had the longest name. So that was, that was... I don't even know. Can you name all the specialized high schools? Yeah, I can. Uh, I think I can. There's Stuyvesant, Bronx right. Science, Brooklyn Tech, 
uh, Staten Island Tech, QHSS, which was mine. Staten Island Tech. I said that. You said that. Um, uh, there's one that's at City College. I forgot the okay. entire name, but there's another. It's just like uh, mine because mine mm-hmm. was on your college campus. There's another one that's a specialized high school on the City College campus. Are you saying your college campus? York. York. Okay. Yeah. All right. Y O R K. Okay. In Jamaica Queens. Oh. Yeah. So you live by Jamaica Queens, right? Mm, kinda. I lived in Richmond Hill, closer to Kew Gardens. So you, you went to school in Jamaica Queens? Yeah. It was not the best neighborhood. Dude, That's I not not I, a good area. I didn't, for I didn't think about it until I like when you're in not so great of a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You don't think you're in not so great a neighborhood because you don't think about it until you leave that neighborhood. Yeah, I get that. Um, I definitely get. So that. when I was in high school, I never thought about it. Never mm-hmm. really thought it was a big deal. Also, because like in high school, you're like you don't really know what's really out there. But that's not a good neighborhood. Even when I go back now, because the lower stops at Jamaica. Yeah. So, and I don't go, I don't have to go there at, at all anymore because now I live in New Hyde Park. Mm-hmm. But when I still lived in Richmond Hill, like I'll get off at the Jamaica stop and I would feel scared at like my 20s. Yeah. Like I'd I've, be there and I'd be like, I'm going to get stabbed. This I've been is, to Jamaica enough to yeah. know that it's it's not the best place for, in, for a young kid. In, in high school, I would just walk around all the time. Like mm-hmm. it was nothing. Like it, well, I mean, it doesn't make sense. I got robbed at one point. Oh, um, wow. But yeah, it wasn't the best neighborhood. But I've yeah, never been robbed or jumped or anything. I've been in a fight. I've been in a couple of fights. Okay, that's, but I've never been robbed or jumped. It's an experience. Yeah. It's an experience. It's yeah. It's, it was it was something. It's, I, I think I, with me, if I had not gotten robbed that one time, I don't mm-hmm. think I'd be who I am today. It's yeah. not saying I mean, that, it's like, not, that's definitely yeah, something that's life like, changed my life. Yeah. Because um, after that, I started like working out and yeah. all that stuff. And but uh, yeah, so I think those are all the specialized high schools. I don't think there's another one. There's seven total. Okay. I think those are... Yeah, right. I wasn't even aware. All I knew was the, the big name ones, yeah, like yeah. Stuyvesant, Bronx yeah. Science, Brooklyn Tech. So um, did you want to go to Stuyvesant or any other ones? It was probably no, too Staten Island, to... I, yeah, I didn't want to worry about commuting because mm-hmm. I was relatively, I don't want to say immature, but I wasn't ready to take that big leap of independence, I guess. I wasn't yeah. too independent where I felt ready to travel to the city every day. I did have uh, one of my best friends growing up went to... Uh, Xavier High School, which is in Xavier. What is that? Uh, it's a it's a Catholic school. Okay. I think I believe it's in Manhattan. Um, but he took the ferry every day, and I just I that was one of the. So I also applied to three Catholic schools. So I only applied to Staten Island Tech for the specialized, and then so with the Catholic schools, were your parents the one that were more you know kind of infor- not enforcing but like you know recommending going into them, or was it just like um, kind of like a natural like this is just one of my choices and you know i'm gonna uh, apply to these two high school is definitely my choice okay. but going from kindergarten to eighth grade um i think my parents just put me put me in there because i don't remember choose i mean i don't think you let a kid that yeah, young yeah, choose anyway yeah. i mean nowadays you never know yeah um <laughs> but i i feel like if i wanted to leave at any point they, they would have supported me okay. yeah um, so yeah, I applied to three Catholic schools. They were St. Peter's Boys High School, uh, Xavier. Don't do that. Oh yeah. yeah. And then, uh, the third one was Monsignor Farrell and all those were all boys schools. So at the time when you're, when you're, <laughs> when you're an eighth grader about to go into college, uh, to high school, you don't want to go to an all boys school. Yeah. Um, but the reason why I liked high school so much is I really feel like I found myself in high school. I feel like I found my passions at an early age. Really? Um, That's interesting. I will say um, for the first two or so years of high school, I was on a national level swim team. Okay. So I was heavily, heavily involved with swimming and I didn't necessarily have time for anything else. We practiced eight times a week. Um, two times we would practice in the morning before school. Mm-hmm. 
So I actually started this in seventh grade. So in seventh grade, there are two times a week where I was waking up at 4.50 to go to practice at 5.15. Yeah, there's there's some things in high school where you don't realize how disciplined you were until yeah. you come to college. Yeah, and then you it's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And even like back then, because uh, I was in seventh grade, it was optional for us. Mm-hmm. But like I was so like set on like yeah. so motivated that the zone. I, I, I went uh, to to both of them. Not even just one or anything. Uh, but yeah, that continued in high school for a little bit. And then I got I got injured, actually. Um, and it wasn't like a cool injury. I didn't break a bone or anything. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I perforated my eardrum, which what? is about perforated my eardrum. <laughs> so your, your eardrum, a little science for all of you. I'm sure you guys know this. There's this thing called a tympanic membrane. And it, it's... Ah, a tympanic membrane. Yes. So it's this, this flat membrane... Uh, in which it sound hits it and it vibrates. Okay. And uh, the reason actually that I injured myself wasn't even from swimming, and it wasn't from my national level swim team. So um, how did you injure yourself? So I was also part of a summer league swim team. Okay. Um, I was on three different swim teams at points, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so I was on a summer league team, and our team was like undefeated for twenty something years. Damn. And there was this one swim meet where uh, I was on with a bunch of my friends who also swam on the travel mm-hmm. team. And a lot of them were traveling because it was the summer. And, you know, everyone considered, like, you know, we're, we've been undefeated for a while. We, we'll be fine. And we lost the meet, which was huge. It was like yeah. it was it was the talk of the swim community. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the part of the, the major reason why is because we didn't have a diving team and they did. So the way it works is it's swimming and diving. And that's t- typically how colleges work, too. So the divers go first and then there's a certain score. So <clears throat> obviously, if you don't have a, di- a diving team, you start out at zero. But then the other team is so starting why, out like 120 is, something. So yeah, so why is that allowed in the competition then? Like, why are you allowed to? Cause if, if you can't recruit your own diving team, that's kind of your fault, not. But then that's not. I would say that's not fair. Then that's not I know. I I personally I believe swimming and diving should be separated, but I guess it's too. I think swimming draws a crowd uh, relatively, especially with the Olympics and Michael Phelps. Yeah, like yeah. he did a lot for swimming, but I think diving they feel would struggle to, to even survive attract a crowd, survive on its own. So it's kind of grouped together. Okay. I think that's the major reason. But I think at least the scoring system should be grouped separately. Yeah, so that would be nice. Doesn't make sense. But it's, that... it's because it's swimming and diving, that's how it works. Um, so I actually okay. joined the diving team in hopes I would be this miraculously good diver <laughs> um, with no diving experience. I mean, our pool had like a diving board in on mess around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but on my first day of practice, I decided to go for a double, which is two flips. Okay. Um, and the board's about a meter high, so it's, okay. it's pretty high. Um, and I wasn't even close. <laughs> I got one and a half, and then I realized I wasn't going to make it. I, so I was about to hit my face. Okay. I don't want to land straight on my mm-hmm. face. So I tried to twist right at the end, so I would, you know, land on your shoulder. Yeah, hit on my shoulder. But what I didn't realize is that, you know, the water pressure came in to my ear at such a high velocity that it just tore a hole right oh. through my... Oh, that my does not jump. sound good. Yeah, wow. so I actually lost hearing in that ear for almost a year. And so I had two surgeries. Did you get tinnitus? Or, I mean, uh, it's, like, no. it's when you uh, get like ringing in the ear, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, yeah, actually, yeah. So the way I describe it to everyone is when it first happened, I I, I hit the water, I heard ringing, and I got up and everything was like all yeah, yeah, wobbly yeah. and everything, and it felt like the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan. Trying to survive, I'm trying to find cover. Um, but yeah, 
So I, that kept me out of swimming for about a, a year and a half, almost two years, I want to say. Um, and by then it was, it was either in the middle of sophomore or junior year. And I mean, the thing was, there was a time where I was a, a promising swimmer. I mean, I ended up swimming for Boston College, yeah, which we we'll can get, get into that, later. Yeah. Um, but after this injury, I, swimming is one of those sports where if you're not consistently doing it, you're falling behind. Right. That's why you have to practice eight times a week. Um, so at that I remember, point, I remember the swimmers on in my school because yeah. our, our swim team—I don't know how good our swim team was—but we'd be bringing in trophies for like queens yeah. all the time. Yeah. But um, they'd be practicing like day in day out all yeah. the time. So um, by by that time, I was two years removed from the sport, and that's kind of when I got into weightlifting mm-hmm. and and bodybuilding because that's all I could do, um, which doesn't translate directly into swimming. There's actually very little correlation to your mass and and how fast mm-hmm. you swim. Um, so I ended up not. Return. No, I didn't have the best return. I struggled a lot. I tried to keep motivated, but it's like all my friends were up here and I was still down here. Um, so at that point, I got more involved with my high school. And I actually, uh, long story short, I, I joined a bunch of clubs and I actually got involved with student government, which was really awesome. Um, I will say working with faculty at my school, because specialized high schools a little different than regular public schools. They genuinely yeah. care about you. Yeah, they yeah. care about your success and and where you're going after. High I school. mean, they have very specific teachers yeah. in one of those schools. They're yeah. way more accredited, and yeah. they just they care way more. Yeah. Also, I think it's because I had this conversation with someone else where yeah, students in high school generally like at that age don't mm-hmm. care that much. I think the ones that go to specialized high schools like off the bat are going to yeah. be the ones that care a lot more. Right. Because we have to take the test. Mm-hmm. That means we, our parents had to push us to take the test or yeah. we had that initiative to go and take it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the cutoff is already existent. Yeah. So the ones that are going to end up at those high schools are the ones that are going to care more. No. On the topic of the SHSAT, what do you, what do you think about the SHSAT? Do you think it's, it's a fair good. exam? Yes. See, I'm a little torn on, cause I, uh, there was a point where, uh, so what I was getting into is I got into student government and I ran for president and I eventually became president. Okay. Um, we'll get, we'll, yeah. we'll go, we'll go back to it. Don't worry. So <laughs> while I was president, there was during my senior year, there was a huge, huge, uh, controversy over the SHSAT and okay. a lot of newspapers were calling it unfair. Why? Okay. So it's kind of one of those, it's a privilege thing to take the SHSAT to prepare for it. Yeah. I agree with that. All of the kids that went to my school, I think 60, sixty percent of my graduating class mm-hmm. was like from immigrant families, and yeah. I think like forty percent the entire grade was Korean. Yeah. And like I remember talking to those kids; their parents sent them to prep school like from sixth grade or like some some seventh like it was something I raised yeah. like from seventh grade, and they were prepping like for you know day, like day in day out every single day hours of yeah. practice tests <clears> and you know just just you know learning as much as they could to do well in the test. Personally, I didn't actually prepare and I just got lucky. Oh, yeah, that's the same for me. <laughs> I do I do understand the argument that in, in poorer neighborhoods, you know, these kids, their parents can't afford to send them to, to these, these prep classes because right. they're in the thousands yeah. of dollars. They're very which, expensive. Which is a lot my, of my money parents, just to prepare parents, for a test so, for high school, not even college. Yes. Yeah, so for me, it's uh, I, I take it back that I didn't study at all. My parents, I, I completely forgot about this. My parents did send me to... Uh, uh, like a prep thing, mm-hmm. but it was for three years, f- 
three weeks or three months. It was, it was not that. Long. I feel actually I did one of those two, like the I, short the short ones. Yeah, like, I also I, took it for granted because I yeah, didn't, I didn't give it my full out yeah, effort. I, I went, I took I think one practice <clears> test. <throat> I did maybe some practice questions yeah. here or there, but I never really <clears throat> cared. Yeah. I didn't, you know, my parents didn't yell, <clears throat> just yell at me enough yeah. about it, or I just didn't think it was that important at the time. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's people who don't have the same opportunities, like. We were given that opportunity. We took it for granted. There's people out there who would have loved to have that chance. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> in general, the education system of this country is very flawed. And there's a lot of progress to we be made. Into that. But I think, I think, you know, recognizing that there are issues and stuff. But is, this is, is, the this start is where the issue occurs is what are you going to do instead of that? How do you replace so, the SHSAT with a system that <clears throat> will allow these same students that are more capable... Mm-hmm to end up in an environment that will facilitate what they can do. So President Obama implemented a couple of changes where, I mean, not specifically for the SHSAT, but he implemented a couple of changes that um, kind of homogenized education in our country, which was the Common Core. The Common Core ultimately failed. And mm-hmm. a lot of, I was also on a council in which we talked about the Common Core a lot. And, you know, it's, it's not, it's, I don't want to say a flawed system because it has good intentions, but it was ultimately it's not an imperfect system. It's an imperfect system. But I think yes. it's it, you got to take it for what it is. Yeah, I, like you can always make everything better. But yeah, it's it's difficult with how large a system it is. Yeah, but now you have a lot of a lot of people on the other side of the spectrum who want to completely repeal it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like that with a lot of things. Like you look at something like Obamacare, mm-hmm. which you know it's the good intention there, but it's it's flawed. And instead of improving, you have people who want to completely remove it. Uh, but anyway, going back to the SHSAT, also on the SAT uh, for college, they, they made some changes recently. I can't. It's at 1600 now again. Yeah, I can't list all the changes off the top of my head, but one of the major things is, um, you know, Khan Academy, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I almost guarantee everyone, everyone knows about Khan Academy. Yeah. So Khan Academy is now working in conjunction with uh, College Board to. Really? Yeah, he posts SAT prep videos or something. Yeah. Like. He has a whole course load of SAT prep. So what is uh, con- like? What are they doing together? So now it's just there's easy access to anyone okay. who has the internet yeah, can yeah. now prepare for the SAT, yeah. which is a lot better than I'm sure it's not. Well, actually, you know what? I don't doubt Khan Academy. I've never seen the, any of the SAT You've videos. Never used Khan no, well the SAT. Okay, ones. okay, okay. But from what I've seen from, from his calculus videos, yeah. I don't doubt. I, I don't. I think it. with Khan Academy, if he has the course mm-hmm. that you need, you yeah. will learn everything from that that you need for that course. At the same time, though, I, I feel like Khan Academy is more geared towards, like, high school almost. I don't think Khan Academy is the most helpful for a college student. I think a it lot of it depends on the class. Yeah, I think it, it does. On the class. But like, there's some there's some things like for me personally, when mm-hmm. I was taking Calc three, no Calc four last semester, mm-hmm. there's some things that I forgot. I hated Calc. Four. I hated Calc four. I, I just hated differentials. I hated it so much. But yeah. um, there's some things Zoe didn't go to the same degree of mm-hmm. uh what I needed to learn. Yeah, he explained a lot of the things that I didn't know, which yeah. helped. And yeah. and so maybe you know some of it is from that base high school level, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of it is also past high school. And you know even regardless of that. What what's his for Sal Khan? Sal Khan, yeah. What he's done is he's opened a complete market in in like online education. Yeah. I mean it's it's existed before, but to the degree he's done it on his website and on YouTube is it, it's kind of it's truly amazing. Um but yeah, he's he's an amazing entrepreneur. Um what were we what was what initially got the us? The SHSAT. Okay. So overall I think the SHSAT 
is a flawed test. I don't. I think there has to there has to be an exam. There's people yeah, who argue there shouldn't be an test. exam. No, it should be based be on interviews and stuff like that. But when you're that young, that's way and too also, much pressure you on an interview. interview. That many people. Yeah, it that's way too a, much pressure on an interview. It has to be a system that can be used on a large scale. Yeah, and I I think the test is a good system. It's just there needs to be. I don't know. I almost want to say prep classes should either be outlawed completely or mm. they should be available to everyone. There needs to be a system where the people who can afford it aren't the only ones. Because this, this is what I'm saying. Like prep classes, I, I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to see like a very big distinction and difference <clears throat> between those who took prep classes versus those who didn't. Yeah. But I think you can prep almost as well as a prep class without the prep class. Yeah. And this would go into like the SAT. For the SAT, I didn't go to a prep class. Mm -hmm. But I had that big the college book, yeah. SAT yep. book. Yep. And I took a couple practices, maybe two to three. Mm -hmm. But I, nonetheless, I did practice. Yeah. You know, and I think that book was maybe $15, $25, something like that. I see what you're saying. But I think also the older you get the more mature you get especially now in college we're teaching ourselves pretty much yeah. everything from the textbook but when yeah. you're younger it's harder to teach yourself things but you this know? so this is the second point that i would make is that i think it's more dependent not with the setup of the mm -hmm. system itself but how the parents go about it true because, I, so, I agree with that i 100 the, agree the prep classes their parents put them in it they mm -hmm. didn't go out of their way to go into a prep class right. so i think the bigger problem is is uh the difference in income for those families who can right. and cannot afford it but again with that it's the parents have to be capable and willing to put their kids mm -hmm. through whatever they need to go through. Yeah. Like for my parents, like they didn't have a whole lot of money. Yeah. So they put me through the, like the smaller course load, but they like push me, like you need to study, like you need to do these things again mm -hmm. in school. And, um, you know, I think there are a lot of factors that need to be taken into account because every single family is, you know, has mm -hmm. a different set of variables. Yeah. I mean, overall the education system's flawed. No one knows the solution right yeah. now. I like to consider myself, an entrepreneur and i try to think about <laughs> solutions but it's hard it is difficult there's there's no good solution and but the fact that we're in a generation where we have these discussions and we talk about these things that's the first step that's the first step then you have the genius kid who does think of the solution mm -hmm. and that's how you make progress but it starts with communication yeah so the point i was going to get into was the way you mentioned salcon like he he revolutionized mm -hmm. the methodology of teaching coursework online right i think right now we're going to see that difference and you can already see it with mm -hmm. people that are entrepreneurs you know it's way more common of people having startups mm -hmm. people doing their own thing mm -hmm. people you know just going out there learning whatever they want to learn because almost everything's online yeah. Like you literally, like I was talking to Alex's older brother the other day mm -hmm. and Alex's older brother was telling me about all the stuff that he's done. Right. And he goes, half of the stuff I learned, I just Googled it. Yeah. I that's a lot of what I know. So I'm, I'm currently a double major with, uh, AMS, which is applied math and statistics. Right? I'm also AMS. Yes. And I'm also <laughs> biomedical engineering. And the reason why it's like AMS is because I wanted a little bit of the business aspect of things because, uh, I want to be biomedical and business, uh, but I business was too much to add on as a second major. And there are AMS classes that are geared toward toward okay. business. But a lot of what I know about the stock market, you know, real estate, uh, or business in general for that matter, is from online. Mm -hmm. I taught myself. So I think, you know, with the availability of information that our generation has, I think college is arguably becoming less important. For, from an education standpoint, yeah. but for a label, yeah. you know, on your resume, it is still just as important as it used that's to be. A, that's the exact same point that Keenan brought up. It's yeah. just a, a piece of paper. It's something yeah. to prove. It's again, it's that institutionalized yeah. form of proving yourself. You need to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's no longer, and I think a lot of people are starting to realize that. And I think that's why, like, 
interviews are so important. Yeah. A lot of people are realizing that a degree from a university doesn't mean much. You know, you can have a kid who cheats his way through college. Yeah. Versatility, adaptability, and your capability. Yeah. Those are the things that 100%. matter. 100%. So let's go back all the way to perforating your eardrum because that's where we started the rant. Oh, right, right. So oh, perf- we, went into, we went into high school. After I did that, yeah, so I became most, president. You, yeah, you should be president for a while, so we got an SHC. So for the, the your junior and senior year, you didn't do swimming. I mean, and- I did kind of, but I, I moved down from the national level team to just the senior level team. Okay. Which um, I think they st- they practiced only uh, seven times a week, or I guess we because I was technically a part of uh, seven times a week, but the morning practices were optional. Um, so there was less of that pressure. Um, and obviously at that point I was still swimming cause I knew some colleges would still recruit me. Um, but at that point I knew it, it wasn't something I wanted to pursue too much in college. I, I wanted to, you know, open the doors for me, but I didn't want to, you know, hang around with yeah, too much yeah. for it. Um, but I guess I can go into a little bit of the recruitment process. Yeah, that's um, actually, yeah, I was going to go into that. Yeah, recruit, recruiting was really fun. Recruiting, because um, it's it's a bunch of these different universities trying to literally get you to join yeah, them. Yeah. So they 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 feel they, like you they really flash there. all their <laughs> all their strengths. Um, and obviously, like I'm not going to talk too much in detail about recruiting trips, but um, I went to SUNY New Paltz and. Um, what was the other one? Oh, um, Stevens Institute of Technology. Sounds familiar. I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a very heavily engineering school, and I was very interested in both of them. Um, and I also I went on an unofficial recruiting trip to Boston College because there was just so many rules with the NCAA and how it worked. And at that point, I actually had a friend who went there and was on the swim team. At that point, I realized that um, Boston College is one of the more uh, serious places I would consider. Yeah. Um, however, it wasn't first on my list. There were actually, um, my first, my top two colleges were Columbia University and NYU. Okay. And I personally thought I was a lot to get into at least one of them because, you know, I, I, I don't want to brag or anything, but you know, I had good SAT scores, good grade in, in school. I was president, you know, yeah. um, I swam, I was in contact with the coaches. Um, however, I, I wasn't recruiter or anything. It was just kind of, you know, they, they were able to flag my application. Um, so you were considering Columbia and NYU also with consideration for swimming? Um, or was it more just for the college itself? Cause it was more, it was for the college. Okay, Cause I, the other yeah. ones are more on the recruitment side yeah. just for the sport. Okay. Um, so it was but, definitely just for the educational experience, but I contacted the coaches to help me get it. Okay. Okay. But at this point, did you know that you wanted to be on the swim team or were you? I would have been that? fine not being on the swim team. Okay. I wasn't guaranteed a spot. Actually, I think I was guaranteed a spot on NYU. I don't remember. But Columbia, I wasn't guaranteed a spot. Okay. Um, but Columbia was my dream school. I, I I had been working towards Columbia since I want to say I was in like sixth or seventh grade. Really? Yeah. That always shocks me that people have dreams of college so early on. I don't know what For, it is. But maybe it was just the way I, I grew up. Mm-hmm. But I never thought about college at all. I remember being a senior in high school and everyone was applying to college. I'm like, I'm just going to put random colleges and maybe something will work out. Yeah. I don't know. The thing like, is, none of it was from my parents. I never received any pressure from my parents growing up. I mean, granted, you know, they, they, you always told me how important education was, but they never made me feel like I was pressured to do anything. Um, I put a lot of the pressure on myself. Uh, I think it comes from just watching my dad. My dad's a very motivated man. My dad, um, worked three jobs at one point he would wake up at like 
3 a.m., go to work, and he wouldn't get Damn. home until 8 p.m. Damn. So he was gone that That's long. crazy. It's so crazy. I think just seeing, you know, especially coming from an immigrant, I guess, yeah. father, yeah, not yeah, yeah. immigrant family. But, you know, just... But it, it doesn't even matter if it's an immigrant or not. It's, yeah. I always love bringing... It's one of the phrases Joey Diaz uses. And yeah. it just goes to the immigrant mentality. Like, yeah. That mentality is like, I'm here. I just need to make something work out. If right you go now. back... I am an immigrant family, mm-hmm. you know, at, at yeah. a certain point. I mean, everyone from America is, yeah. which is what makes America so cool. Um, but yeah, just watching uh, my father's work ethic, I think, instilled a lot of those values in me. Um, ultimately, I got rejected from Columbia. I, I applied early decision, and then I got deferred, and then eventually rejected. And like that was that was crushing for me as a, as a kid. Um, and I remember... My mistake was, and this might lead into why I didn't get into NYU, I tried really hard on my Columbia application and didn't try on any of the other applications. Not that I didn't try, I mean, but I, I recycled a lot of essays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put all my eggs in one basket. And that's actually an important lesson I learned in life. You know, if you look at something like the stock market, you don't put all your money in one stock. You yeah. diversify your interests. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I got rejected from Columbia, rejected from NYU. Um... That's actually funny because I'm gonna sound like a bum, but the reason I didn't, I didn't even apply to any Ivy League school mm-hmm. is because they were supplemental essays. I just didn't, Interesting. I just didn't even try. I was oh. like, oh, you need me to prove more. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> There's also arguably the point that I hurt my application by putting down that I'm Asian. Um, I, de- I uh, that's uh, definitely. I, I, at that, yeah. I don't. I don't want to put the blame on that, but yeah. definitely at the time I did. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's whatever at this point. Um, I didn't expect, actually, to get into Boston College, um, even though I was in contact with the swim coach. From <laughs> the, the application required an essay about, like, you know, Jesus's, because it's a, it's a Jesuit institution. A, je- a Jehu? Uh, so it's a Catholic, okay. Catholic university. You just, I just want to hear it one more time. Jesuit. Jesuit? It's, Je- yeah, Jesuit. 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 What is that? Um, like just a form of Catholicism. I think it's a denom. It's some sort of. It's under Catholicism is here. Jesuit. Okay, it's just. It's okay, it, yeah. It's a somewhere subcategory. Yeah, okay, got it. Uh, but Jesuits are also a group of people. Like there were Jesuits on campus. Okay. Um, so you have to write an essay <clears throat> on what? About the role of God and Jesus in your life. That is a weird essay to write for. College. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> I feel like my essay was so bad. Like it was like. <laughs> And it's like everything I do, I do it for the Lord. Like like that kind of like. <laughs> so I I don't know how I got accepted. Everything I do is for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is my man. Anyway, I got accepted into Boston College and I ultimately went there. Swam for a little bit. Okay. Um ultimately I I always felt like part a little part of me didn't belong at BC. In terms of the environment, or like in terms of the environment, the I just people? felt like because I was on I was on scholarship, right? Because it's it's a it's expensive. It's a very well, expensive it's, school. It's, uh, private university, and it's like forty. Yeah. and I right? uh, yeah, I grew yeah. up in not the most comfortable economic standing, yeah. so I would not be going there if I didn't receive the generous scholarship I got. And I'm still thankful to BC to this day for giving me the opportunity and mm-hmm. and them having faith in me. Um, so something just always felt like I was an outside, even. I had friends, like I had really good friends, and and these are some still friends that I consider close to this day, even though you know communication is hard. Yeah, um, I mean people can be, especially at this age, everyone's busy yeah, and worried, exactly. and stressed, and doing things. Yeah, um, I had good friends who who were genuine people, but still, a part of me always felt like I was just 
an outsider. Um, you know, we a lot of my friends would like to eat out at not extremely nice places, but nice places that I couldn't afford at the yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, so I would, you know, they would either pay for me or I'd not go. And, you know, that's not a nice that's feeling. Not the, yeah. yeah. Um, you feel like, oh, yeah. you feel just not like left out. You just feel different. You know, yeah. like you're like, just, yeah. you just know that you're from a different circumstance yeah. and you feel like not the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was actually pre-med while I was at BC and I was actually doing very well. Like there was a semester I had a 4.0, um, but between feeling like I didn't belong and how deep do you guys usually get in these? Oh, we get, we get pretty deep. Okay, so it really I, depends on the podcast. Because last time yeah. with Goku, we were talking about like the <clears> randomest <throat> things. We're talking about relationships. Like, yeah. it, again, every single one is different. It's just yeah. depending on where we want to go. So we're going deep on this yeah. one. All right. So you know this. Um. So in that, in conjunction with my sophomore year, I had a family emergency. My mother actually passed away. Yeah. Um. And I was at. It was. It was over the summer. I was doing. Uh, I was on a research team. Uh, that summer and I was actually at BC when everything happened so part of me whenever uh, after that summer when I went back for for the next semester which was the fall semester of my sophomore year part of me like just couldn't deal with that um like I I specifically remember where I was when my my father called me and stuff and if I was walking down that same walkway I would just you know bring back feelings that I just I was not comfortable with um and at the same time uh some of the advisors at BC suggested maybe I take a semester or two off. And I've never just, I've never really believed in that. I believed in, you know, cause I've seen a lot of people who take time off and then never and come go back. back. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't want to do that. So instead I, I had always considered engineering. Stony Brook was one of the schools I applied to. I actually got accepted into the, the honors program or is it the scholars, scholars program? Yeah. Um, so I ultimately decided I wanted to, especially because the, the reason my mother passed away was it, it was kind of medical neglect. We don't have to get into it too much, uh, but just seeing such an ugly side of the medical field, I didn't want to be in it anymore. Right. Um, so I wanted to be an engineer. So I called St- uh, Stony Brook, asked, because uh, this was pretty late in the sophomore year, in the first semester of sophomore year, that I realized I wanted to transfer um, so a lot of schools weren't even taking applications mm-hmm. anymore. Um, Stony Brook, it was definitely past the due date, but luckily um, the head of the BME department was just very, very kind at the time. And we, we you know, she, she had told me, because um, I also didn't take all the necessary prereqs to be accepted into the program. Right. Because you, um, you were from a pre-med track. Yeah. So the specific one was pre-med track at BC, you take physics your junior year. Um, and one of the prereqs to get into engineering here was that you take physics. Yeah. So I didn't have that. So, I mean, ultimately, even though this lady seemed nice, she ended up not being the nicest, which I guess I can get into. Um, so I transferred here. I was under the impression that, and, you know, we had a, an agreement via communication on the phone and we had email proof of this communication, uh, that, the way it was going to be is I was going to come here, I was going to take physics, and then be accepted into the BME program. Okay. So I came here, and my first semester here, I don't know if you remember my first semester here. I was... I, you had red hair. Yeah, I did, okay. yes. How am I going to forget the guy with um, red hair? I was MIA a lot. I didn't <laughs> go to a lot of classes. I didn't do much. Um, mm-hmm. So I did... This is... Wait, you transferred sophomore year, right? Sophomore. In the middle of sophomore middle. year. Yeah, okay. So this was spring semester sophomore year. Yeah. 
So I didn't really leave my room too often because, you know, I was, you know, you're pretty upset when you go through these things. Yeah. And I did pretty bad. I had like a two nine or something. Um, so then the, the thing about that is none of my GPA credits or, or, I mean, my credits transferred over, but your GPA doesn't my GPA wait. doesn't transfer over. So right. I had like, I want to say like a three, six something yeah. at BC, but that doesn't wait into my new GPA. So when I was trying to apply for the BME program, even though we were under the agreement that I would just take physics yeah, yeah. and then get in, she told me that, you know, your grades are way too low. You have a, you had a two something this one semester. Um, so I had to, it was a process. Like I had to, uh, because, you know, I transferred here under the impression that I was going to be in the program. Yeah. I wouldn't have transferred here if I knew I was going to get, like, I didn't want to continue as a biology major here as I could have just stayed at Boston BC, College yeah. to do that. Um, so I, I think I contacted the, the president. I contacted a lot of the heads of the departments. And eventually after this was a year, Almost a year, because I wasn't accepted into BME officially until year. the second, second semester, semester of my junior yeah. year. So it was a whole year of just speaking to people and trying to, you know, showing these emails that had this proof and trying to, like, convince the, the president, whoever, like, you, I, I was under the impression I was going to be... Already, a, like, in the yes. department, not that I had to come here and prove myself yeah. and get into... You know, and also I had to prove the point. And at this point, uh, junior year, I was doing well again. So my grades were coming back up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think I'm back at like a 3.5 now. Mm-hmm. So I recovered. Um, but I was trying to just make the argument that, you know, like when you go through such a, a, a tragedy, like you, you're not going to do well in yeah, school. Yeah. And uh, the the BME... I mean, dude, getting a 2.9 after yeah. all of that, I think that's still remarkable. Yeah. I mean, so, most people I think yeah. wouldn't be able to do school at all. That woman was not understanding at all. Uh, but eventually I finally got in. And I'm doing really well, so that's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I brought my GPA up, um, and it's it's looking pretty good. Uh, but yeah, so that's the story of how I got to Stony Brook. Yeah. yeah, got to Stony Brook, and now you got into BME. Yeah. And then when did you pick up AMS? You just picked it up like along the way, or just so, like, a lot of overlap? I just know. know a lot of people in BME do pick up AMS as double major. Yeah. The reasoning is we only need to take. I think 15 additional credits, which that is only five right. classes. The AMS major is very yeah. small. Yeah, so it's it's relatively easy um, to just add it because a lot of our BME classes count as the non-AMS electives. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm almost done. I think I only need two more classes for AMS, and then I'll have that degree, and then I have like five more. So you have for, one more semester, right? I have or like a couple more. I classes. could finish it in one semester. But the reason why I need to stay for the whole year. So I'm graduating a year late. Okay. Uh, uh, and the reason why is because we have senior design and it's a two, it's a two part course, two part okay. course where you need to take one to get into two. One is only offered in the fall and, you and two in the is in the spring. Okay. Yeah. So I would have had to take senior design this year where but I'd be in senior design too. Okay. Um, which wasn't possible with my yeah, schedule. Yeah. So ultimately I am going to be here for another year. But it's actually good because um, you've got time to transition. And, and I've also gotten there. a lot of time to figure out what I want to do. So I know uh, now that I have AMS, I've gotten the business side of things. I know I want to eventually open my own, you know, technology engineering company. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I, I really, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. So you know, this entire journey the, from. From even the Catholic school, you know, to now, I think every event 
has led me to where I am today. And every yeah, event is significant. Yeah. And it's, and it, it's really cool. It's really cool to look back and it's really cool to do this actually, because now I'm reliving, yeah. <laughs> reliving my own life, which you don't, if you don't, if you think People about it, don't you do don't do it too. Well. Yeah, exactly. But you don't do you, it too well. When you really, and you know, every time I have a guest on the show and then they leave it, they're like, wow, like you kept track of everything that was going on. It's because I, the way I put together the story, like when you're telling me everything, mm-hmm. I'm putting a timeline in my head of like, yeah. from day, like, you know, where you started to where you're going. Like, yeah. like all these events, like one leading into the next and like mm-hmm. how it just, you know, matches. Right. And all that. But it's, it's, yeah, everyone has their own story and, yeah. you know, everything affects what you do. Yeah. But uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask, this goes back to, uh, I kind of want to get more into the difference between the two colleges. Okay. So like the difference between Boston College yeah. and Stony Brook. There's stark contrast. Because I think it's a, it's a big thing. I've talked to a lot of people that have transferred. So uh, Luciano transferred from Stony Brook to Binghamton. You know, mm-hmm. he had his reasons. And then uh, one of our old friends, Tomas, we bring him up all the time. Yeah. Tomas transferred from here to Utah and like he loves it out in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the differences that you felt going from Boston College to Stony Brook. Okay. So the first thing, I mean, let me note that Boston College is a private university. Most students are paying 60 something thousand dollars to go there. So their resource, they have more available funding for resources. I've been on the campus. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's, it's actually beautiful for anyone who, who hasn't seen Boston College that's watching, just look up gas and tower. Gaston Tower? Boston College, yeah. yeah. It's it's the most beautiful thing, I think, in Boston, arguably. Um, but aside from, like, architectural, um, from a faculty standpoint, and I always, I always bring this up, it was almost, um, there's a term cultural shock when you, you know, when you travel to another country or something, yeah. and just, just the, the culture is so difference. different yeah, that, yeah. you know, it really overwhelms you. So from a perspe- uh, professor perspective, the professors at Boston College cared. They genuinely cared. Almost like the specialized high school. They genuinely that's, that's a big their difference. goal was to make you succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just had I, I have so many like professors in mind that were young, enthusiastic, and, and just genuine professors who loved their job. And then I came here, and a lot of the professors they that I've that. had at least are on the older side. They they just they're like tenured or yeah that's what they, i was about they're tenured or so they, they just like aren't as care. invested yeah yeah and it's also because um stony brook's a research school yeah, yeah. so a lot of them are here to do their individual research and teaching is a, a thing on the side for yeah. them because they also have this is another thing other than the tenured professors we also have a lot of professors that were just uh they're just graduate students right yeah and, like if you're a graduate student <clears throat> you're busy doing your research or yeah. whatever Ten- teaching is kind of something you're just doing because yeah. it'll help you pay the bills um and then from an advisor perspective, and this thing, this still blows my mind to this day. So I was, I came in as a bio major, I said, mm-hmm. um, there are two or maybe one advisors for the entire biology department. That can't be accurate. There's one or two. There's one or two. I, I believe there's one, two, maybe three, but there's only a handful. I don't want to believe that, but that sounds The point is the, Sony Brook. The the advisor to student ratio is probably something like one to a couple hundred. Probably thousand. Yeah. Because honestly, if you're just going to like a general advising for engineering, mm-hmm. the wait is, takes forever. Yeah. There's like 10 people yeah. on the line and it takes me like maybe an hour to finally get to talk to an advisor. And you know, by that time, they're like sick of seeing people. Yeah. They're just trying exactly. to get you out. It's just like a revolving door in less than the, like, I'm going to sit down and have a conversation yeah. with you. Now, each advisor at Boston College had no more than 10 students. Granted, they weren't all, like, a lot of the advisors here are, like, some of the heads of the department or, or something, um, or professors, 
there were people there. Uh, I don't remember. It's been, it's been a while. I think my advisor might have been a grad student. No, no, no. Actually, he was an employee of Boston College, but he wasn't a professor or anything. Okay. But so, like their job was strictly advising. Advising. Okay. So I knew him on a personal level. Um, when I went to make my schedule, we would have lunch. He treated me to lunch. That's amazing. Yeah. What? I was in contact with him. Um, so my first semester here, actually, when enrollment came along, I didn't know because I was expecting to receive an email from my yeah, advisor yeah. like, enrollment's around. We got to meet or whatever so we could figure out your schedule and everything. That's just not the case it's here. Not, not, not even it's, close. That's Honestly, that's blowing my mind that, that someone yeah. sat down with you, had lunch, and they would help you get your schedule. Mm-hmm. At Stony Brook, and I, like, this is a really important point, if you are not on your enrollment, on your schedule, constantly checking with your advisors, like on your own, mm-hmm. you know, cross-checking it with all the things online, and then double-checking it because sometimes everything's wrong, mm-hmm. you're going to fall behind. You're not going to graduate on time. And I know yeah. a lot of people that got screwed over yeah. and didn't graduate on time and because it's, of that. And it's kind of sad. It it's is really sad. sad. But again, it kind of ties into the whole state university versus private university, which yeah. is unfortunate. But... From firsthand experience, seeing what it's like and seeing how much a university could care about you versus here where, you know, I almost want to just straight up say they don't care about the students here. I don't think they do. So them, it's about the profit, really. I don't think The money and the reputation they receive. I think it's reputation. I want to say Stony Brook University cares a lot more than it should. Not that it should, but they care a lot more about the reputation than than a lot lot of other universities about reputation. Like the... The um, what's yeah. it? Uh, unigender, not unigender, same gender bathrooms. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah. I'm trying. There's another. What you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah, I think for Stony Brook having that, just being able to say that we have you know all gender restrooms. Yeah. Uh, gender so, neutral. Gender, yeah, yeah. Gender. I, I, there's something in the article. There's one yeah. way they phrase it. And I can't. Oh, it's not gender it neutral. It is gender neutral. Okay, but yeah, like, yeah. I don't know what this is in the article. Um. Okay. Okay. But uh, having that is just uh, a kind of you know. Just the thing that they could say is like just letting people know this is just another you know facility that we have, and it just I remember and even still to now I'm kind of just it saddens me a little. It saddens me that and it just ties into the whole there's flaws in the education system of our country. It makes me sad that I'm out of school currently, where whether I succeed or not doesn't matter. Has no yeah has no influence yeah. or impact on anyone from Stony Brook. Whereas at Boston College, they went out of their way, out of their very out That's of their insane. way to make sure I, that, you succeed. Another good example is I went to the Career Center earlier this semester, mm-hmm. and I, I asked this woman, "I was like, oh, what should I do? You know, on my, my last semester, I need some mm-hmm. advice." And she goes, "Just try harder." Like, yeah. like, what do you like? I'm trying. I'm yeah. like, I don't know what else to do. That's why I'm here. This is me trying harder. Like, you should be, you know, helping me do something. Yeah. And so she that, didn't provide anything. Yeah, that's another thing. The people when you. Even when you make the effort here of going to an advisor or reaching out to the career center, you actually, first of all, you wait for about 30 minutes to an hour yeah. outside. And that goes back to the whole under, yeah. uh, under hiring yeah. for resources. Uh, they, yeah, they're definitely understaffed. Um, and, you know, you wait an hour to speak with them, usually for one or two minutes. Yeah. And they don't help. At very all. much at all. They just need you to. They just want to come in. Yeah. Say that they helped you. Take mm-hmm. off that mark, and then you're out. It's sad. It's really sad. Um, what uh, other differences? As far as uh, actually, one thing I will say on the differences of kind of independence. Mm-hmm. I am happy that I went from Boston to Stony Brook and not the other way around, because 
now I've become a lot, it is, it does help you become more independent by not, you know, Boston College really held your hand through everything. Yeah. Which is important. I mean, granted, I was only there freshman and a little bit of sophomore year, really so maybe important. they let, yeah, let loose a little be, bit. That could be true. Um, but thinking back how much they held my hand through everything, you know, it, it is, it could kind of inhibit you to some degree where now I realized, I realized in life from Stony Brook and from other things that, you know, in life, you're alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you need to get things done. It's all on you. You yeah. can't expect anyone else to get it done for you. Anything that you want, you need to do. Yeah. And that can be things like working out. Like that can be, that's applied throughout life Across in the general. Like Across everything. The everything. If you want to get something done, you do it. It's yeah. all on you. You can't, there's no excuses or anything. It's on you to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think Stony Brook really helped me realize that. So that is the one positive i guess i could take it's not it's just not the best thing for people who start yeah. off with it yeah. without anything because yeah. it's really easy because i talked to luciano about this and when i talked to him he was saying like he wasn't ready for college yeah when you're coming in at 18 18 you're young still yeah you know like you're still pretty dumb yeah i mean like you don't know what you're doing mm-hmm. so making mistakes is easy mm-hmm. um so i think for at least freshman sophomore year there should be a lot more guidance yeah i think later on yeah you gotta you let them grow. yeah you gotta let them grow you know you gotta, but at first you need the little guidance you know yeah and it's just the it's unfortunate yeah. it's unfortunate the way it is here but you know here's hoping to you know 20 years from now it'll be different yeah we're loaded yeah. driving around in nice cars yeah <laughs> just but uh so i want to actually just end it off because we're coming in on an hour okay yeah, uh, sure Last thing that I like talking about is like where you see yourself going with your career path. So you mm-hmm. started, you know, like starting a tech firm mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, entrepreneurship and all that stuff. So a little mm-hmm. bit more on that. I know you were heavy on investing, so you could talk a little bit about investing. Okay. Yeah. Not maybe not too deep. Into yeah, it. We'll, yeah. talk, we'll talk a little bit about that. So where I see myself a year from now versus or, or like two years from mm-hmm. now versus like long term. Um, in a couple of years, I do see myself working in the biomedical engineering industry, just a regular job. Um, because you know, it's just that safety net kind of, uh, but long-term I do want to start my own company. I want to, I've always just felt like I've run things better when I'm in charge. When I, yeah, uh, I agree. Everything. I mean, I'm yeah. exactly like that. I yeah. want to be independently capable of holding myself yeah. to whatever I want to do. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's more difficult. It's definitely more difficult, but I think I'm capable enough to do it mm-hmm. and it'd just be more satisfying to yeah. be able to do that. So uh, I mentioned the tech company. That's one of the things I, I want to own kind of multiple companies. Because mm-hmm. if you look at some of the uh, the greatest CEOs, like Elon Musk, Elon Musk didn't just have the idea of Tesla oh, or, I mean, or SpaceX. Place place. Yeah, he had many different ideas. So I've taken a lot of inspiration from the current successful CEOs. So I want to, you know, it's all about, like I said before, and this is the lesson I learned from applying from college. You want to diversify mm-hmm. your interests. So I want to own... Maybe a, a tech business, maybe another business. I want to also be involved in real estate. I want to also be heavily involved in investing. So I guess the question is, where don't I see myself <laughs> in the future? Um, I just, um, I grew up where I was not financially stable, at, yeah. you know, for most of my life. So I just, I've always had such a drive to just make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I want my kids and you know even further down generations to be okay but i don't want to spoil my kids that's a that's a side thing um but yeah i've done everything i could or or, i mean and i still continue to do as much as i can to learn about the opportunities and the best ways to make money i mean life's not about money 
I, I acknowledge that. And I know there's happiness in other ways. But as far as career path, I do see myself life, doing a lot I mean, of different uh, things. Uh, money is a way to get happiness. Exactly. Um, money doesn't necessitate or guarantee happiness, mm-hmm. but it's nice to be, you know, have that baseline, the comfort, mm-hmm. and know that you'll be okay yeah. before you start going for all yeah. these other endeavors. Because if you're making money and you have a salary, you could start doing other things, you yeah. know? And that's why I want to start with the job first. Yeah, exactly. So give, to open the doors for the companies and yeah, investing yeah. and everything. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully eventually I don't have to be working for someone else and I can be working my own job or I'm my own boss or, you know, I own my own properties or I own stocks. And, yeah. You know, I, I'm in full control of everything. And do you? Do you? Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's more familiar with me. Entrepreneur yeah. mindset. Yeah. <laughs> And then the last thing I like having my guests do is you could say, and I guess you had something familiar, but if you could say like one quote or something that's mm-hmm. like you think is really important that should be a takeaway for everyone from like your life lessons. And like, like I said, you kind of went into that with what you said before, mm-hmm. but like, I like having you say like one <clears throat> quote to end it off with. I, I do have a good quote and this is arguably my favorite quote. Um, and I heard it from uh, New York Mets third baseman, David Wright. Okay. <laughs> and it's, if what you did yesterday is still as big today as it was yesterday, then you obviously haven't done much today. Do you mean like the pile of work you have or? No, just in general. And and the meaning of that is if what you did yesterday is still as big today as as it was yesterday, Mm -hmm. then clearly, you know, if you're, if you're bragging or if you're bragging about your accomplishments from yesterday, and all you did yesterday, and you're not continuing to work and do more, if you should be living in which, in which each day you want to top what you did the day before. Okay. okay that okay. kind of mentality. All right. Yeah, that makes Yeah. Yeah. That's a good quote. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But uh, that wraps it up. Thank you for being here, Greg. It's episode number 27. Uh, thank you for the three people that were watching. I think Erica was one of them. So thank you for watching, Erica. Uh, and uh, yeah, peace out. Right. Thank you for having me. Yeah, without a doubt.